thank you very much. As uh, Peter has already said, and as you, many of you already know, my name is uh, Tim, and I'm one of the leaders here. Uh, I'm not as small as this stand would say I am. Definitely not. Oh. That's better, that's better. Uh, is everyone well this morning? Uh, you might see that Dave Gawler was meant to be speaking today, but actually Dave Gawler, I can't speak, so he's actually ill today. Um, so he's not very well, so do pray for him, and lots of people are not very well today, so do pray for them. But yeah, Dave Gawler, but he said to me, he said to me on the phone that actually he's going to bring a great message next week, so take his word on that, uh, and he's going to be speaking next week, and he's going to bring a fantastic preach next week, which I'm very excited about. Uh, personally. Uh, it's, been a, it's been an amazing week, hasn't it? It's been an amazing week of comebacks. I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm talking about football. Uh, if you watch the football, um, we have got four teams, first time in history in the Champions League and Europa League. Uh, Manchester have got no one. Um, just not that great clubs, are they? But it was a week of comebacks this week, which is fantastic if you're a football fan or if you like football which I am as well. I've got BT Sport on my phone, so I'm like watching football on my phone. Uh, I would come home after a meeting, I'll be there at like 10 o'clock at night watching the football on my phone. Uh, isn't the best way to watch it, but it's still fantastic. Um, this morning we're carrying on our series, uh, looking at the transformed mind. And if you change your mind, I think you would change your life. If you change your mind, you change your life. Our minds are so powerful. It's an organ, our brain, that controls really our whole body. It's an amazing organ. Our minds entertain thoughts. They entertain fears, failures, our dreams, our ambitions, but also our minds can be lazy. We can procrastinate, can't we, sometimes? Over the last couple of weeks, Paul Wintle kicked us off with identity. And last week, I spoke upon unwanted thoughts. But this week, I want to speak to us upon I can. See, often our minds have been influenced by this world. And this world will tell us we can't. I wonder if you've ever said this. Maybe you've never said it, but you've thought it. I can't love that person. I can't get that job. I can't do today. I can't speak to that person. I can't get through this trial. It's like I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and for so many of us, we've never literally verbalized, maybe I can't, but we live like and we wake up thinking and living out an I can't life. In the Easter holidays, uh, we had a great time on the 12th of April celebrating Joel's birthday. And he was one years old, so we decided, let's go to Moores Valley. And uh, we go to Moores Valley, but we go to uh, Verwood, and we park at Verwood, and we cycle into the back of Moors Valley. It takes about five, six minutes to cycle in, 20-minute walk. And then you don't have to pay for the parking, because the parking in Moors Valley is ridiculously overly priced. And you know in Moors Valley is that um, 
well, it probably annoys me a bit in many ways because the, you do have to pay for parking, right? And then they say you have to take your rubbish home. I'm like, what is this place? Anyway, it's a great place. So we went to Moores Valley and we cycled in. We parked the car in Verwood, we cycled in, and then we had a packed lunch, a picnic lunch, and then we went around the, the family trail thing, and it was, it was actually pretty good. And then we went into the park. And in the park, there's this big high rope thing just here. Can you see it? Um, who's seen it before? Has everyone seen this before? They have them at lots of different parks. And uh, uh, we've been to Moores Valley probably about 10, 15 times. We've been to this park many times. Uh, but for some reason, Freddie just got up there and he climbed all the way up. He's never done this before. Even he's got on it, and we've encouraged him, saying, you could do it, Freddie. You can go on and do it. But he's never done it. He's twisted inside, inside and outside, and he just went up, and he didn't, he didn't need much encouragement. For some reason, on that day, on the 12th of April, on Joel's birthday, he decided to go up on his own. And he made it to the top. He went all the way up. He didn't verbalize it. But on the 12th of April, he said, I can. All the other like 10, 15 times when he tried before, he said, I can't. He's, he's, he's some reason, there may have been a fear, or he said, like, my, my muscles are hurting, I don't want to do this. But for this day, he said, I can. And we were like, Freddie, you're amazing, we're so proud of you. And he was so happy with himself that he made it up to the top. See, this got me thinking, why do sometimes... We say we can't, and sometimes we say we can. Have you ever thought about that? Sometimes in our lives, we say we can't. I can't do this. I can't go for this job interview. I can't this happen in my life. I can't do today. I can't look after my kids. See, I think something happened since the day we first uh, breathed our first breath, the day we came out our mother's womb, uh, the day we came out screaming, um, maybe some of us didn't, but the day we came out screaming as a little baby, ever since that day, we had often been told that we can't. We can't go up the hill. You can't do that job when you grow up. You can't know peace because you've always had that, you've always been like that in your life. You can't know freedom. And often our parents and maybe our teachers, maybe other people in our lives, they've never verbally said to us, you can't go up that hill on your bike or you can't climb up there. But something inside of us, it, it, it says that we can't. And this often ends up with what I call an I can't spirit. And I can't spirit. You're going to be the same way, believing the same things, doing the same things. And an I can't spirit is a defeated spirit. It's a powerless spirit. It believes that you can never change. It believes that things always have to be the same way. It believes that I've got, I wake up in the morning, I can't do today, and then the rest of the day you have a rubbish day because you've got an I can't spirit. And we need to rewire our minds to believe I can. We can. The Bible says in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a bit of a confession time here now. Uh, when I was younger, I used to love the Beddenfields. Who knows the Beddenfields? Daniel and Natasha Beddenfield. Anyone know them? Yeah, come on, you do. Daniel and Natasha, I used to love them when I was younger. Um, I'm not going to sing their songs, but Natalie Beddenfield used to sing, I'm written, these words of mine, some great classics. Uh, she's actually helped written some Hillsong songs as well. They're both Christians. Uh, Daniel did James Dean, or if you're not the one, I won't say it that way. But he used to sing a song, I've got to get through this. Do you know that one? I've got to get through this. I was listening to it the other day. It's a cracking song. Um, and this is the thing. Often we think like to ourselves, I've just got to get through this. I've just got to get through this. But actually, it's knowing that I can get through this. I can get through this. Not, I've got to get through this. I think there's a different uh, mindset and mentality to believe that I can get through this. Not, I've got to get through this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This famous verse that we often find on our diaries, our journals, we, we have it in the, on our posters. But what, the way I'm wired, I think, what does it mean? That I can do all things? Does that mean that I can win a football game that I play? Does that mean that if I pray hard enough, Chelsea will win today? Does that mean that I will do any job? I could be an astronaut. I could be a Formula One driver. You're looking at him, church, the next Formula One driver. Because the Bible says I can do all this. Or maybe it means that I can lose weight. I can just be, you know, a size, whatever size. You know, I don't know what sizes are these days, but whatever size. And often we use it out of context. Or we use it as a spiritual boost. I can do all things. It's like a self-confidence boost. See, Philippians 4 verse 13 is often used as a blank check to promise whatever is desired. I can do all things. I can make it to the top. I can earn the most money. I, I can be the person that I want to be. But if you read in the context of the verse, Philippians 4, it's about contentment. It's not about all your dreams coming true. It's not about that Chelsea are definitely going to win because actually a thousand people prayed for Chelsea today and, you know, and 800 prayed for the other team, so Chelsea will definitely win. But it's rather about being joyful and satisfied and steadfast, even above any life circumstances. See, the actual context of the verse goes like this, verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that the, at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11. I am saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in, in any and every situation. Whether I'm well fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul is saying, I can do all things because God has called me. That's what he's saying. 
Because what God has called me to be, so if he's called me to have lots of money, or if he's called me to be poor, if he's called me to be, you know, have lots of food, he, he sent in contentment what he's called me, I can do all things. Whether I'm in the synagogue or whether I'm in prison, whether I'm making a tent, Paul was a tent maker, by the way, whether I'm making a tent, whether I'm with Timothy or I'm with Silas, or if I'm on my own, whether I'm Macedonia or Ephesus, I'm pretending to be Paul, by the way. He's saying that I can do all things because God has called me. God has called me. See, this is the question for you this morning is, what is God calling you to that you think you can't do? Because that's what the verse is saying. What he's called you to do, you can do it. You can do it because Christ is strengthening you. Maybe you're feeling that you can't do your job at the moment. Maybe you're, you're struggling to raise your kids at the moment. Maybe you're struggling to speak to a certain person. Maybe you're, you're struggling to get along with someone. Maybe you're struggling to know what you should do uh, to, to do every day in your life. Or you're struggling just to get up in the mornings. But the things God has called you to do, you can do all those things for Christ strengthens you. This is the context of the verse. It isn't a blank check to win a football match or to become an astronaut or a millionaire or get a Porsche. It's the saying that whatever God has called you, church, you can do all those things. Because I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you at your job. I will strengthen you as you raise your kids. I will strengthen you to be the best grandparents. I will strengthen you to be that person that goes and speaks to that person. I will strengthen you to do the work I called you to do. I will strengthen you for every morning, for that day, for everything I called you to do. There's an awesome story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and it's in Mark chapter 4. If you have a Bible, turn there with me. It's Mark chapter 4, and it's verse 35. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And it, it goes a bit like this. Well, it does go like this. Not a bit like this. It does go like this. Uh, that day when evening came, he said to disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squirrel came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. See, before this time, Jesus had spent uh, time with large crowds teaching them parables. Before this time, the disciples had witnessed Jesus feed probably over 15,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. Before this time, they've witnessed Jesus heal the sick. Before this time, they've heard the words, the good news of Jesus and eternal life. Before this time, 
they've seen Jesus do miraculous miracles. And Jesus says to them, get in the boat because we'll go into the other side. There's a new place we need to go to. Jesus doesn't give them a reason. He doesn't say, let's go to the other side because of ba 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 ba. He just says, get, get in the boat, we'll go into the other side. See, see, for me, I'll be like, Jesus, where are we going? You know, are you going to go do more teaching? Are you going to do this? What's going on? But for the disciples, they just get in the boat and go to the other side. It's a question for you. What is your other side at the moment? What is something that you don't feel that God has called you that you're not doing at the moment and you're saying, I can't? Do you know what I mean? They're the other side. The Sea of Galilee, by the way, is, uh, is known for its violent and dangerous storms. It laid between two mountains. And actually, Jesus would, and his disciples probably in a small fishing boat. So it's not abnormal for them to face a storm. And don't forget, the majority of the disciples are experts at fishing. That they're used to being on the sea. But for some reason, they got terrified. The disciples are panicking. They're saying, we're going to die, basically. They're saying, it's all going to end now. That it's all over. And Jesus, you're just sleeping? What's going on, Jesus? And Jesus says, why are you afraid? You have no faith. Why are you so afraid? You have no faith. See, I wonder, that's the thing. When, when we say it, we can't, it's often because we're afraid. Is it because who is our faith in? Martin Luther King Jr., who, uh, if not all of us will know of, said this. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And there's so many great quotes and illustration analogies and stuff about faith. But faith is taking that first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And maybe something God is calling you to do. And you know it. And it's about faith, taking that first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. See, I'm a firm believer. Often, life is hard. There's hurts, there's pains, and there's disappointments. And that often determines what we believe about ourselves. That often determines why we say, I can't. I can't raise my kids. I can't be a great grandparent. I can't be good at my job. I can't do this. I can't do today. But often, it is all linked to things that have happened in our lives. It's what people have said of us or experienced it or things that have happened. History can cause scars in our lives that affect the way we go forward. History can cause scars in your lives which affects the way you go forward. Have you ever heard the word, and forgive me if I pronounce it wrongly, kintsugi, kintsugi, kintsugi. You heard that word? It's a Japanese word, and it's a Japanese word for repairing something that is broken. 
So for this instant, pottery. And what they do when something is broken, they'll repair it often with gold. Something that is even better. See, their philosophy is that they treat breakage and repair as part of history of an object, rather than something to disguise. See, often, if something breaks in our lives, we will try and put it back together, whether it's a pot or some of that, and we'll try and disguise the cracks. But in, in the Japanese, what they do, they don't disguise the cracks, they, they fill it with something even better. And you can see the cracks, and actually it's gold that comes onto it. And I wonder that sometimes in our lives, we do something similar. That there's been things that have broken us in our lives, whether it's broken relationships, failed job interviews, family hurts, failed ambitions, disappointments in our lives. And what we like to do, I think, in, uh, as human beings, is we like to put ourselves together, and we, what we do is that we try and disguise the cracks. But actually, what they do in this Japanese art, they don't disguise the cracks. What they fill it with is gold. That you see the cracks even more, but the cracks are even stronger. And I think in our lives, this is what God wants to do with us. See, where we see there's cracks, God sees that you can do something. God sees that you can use your scars and your cracks in your life to be a blessing to others. See, with the things in our lives, because we've all had broken relationships, maybe jobbing, failed jobs into family hurts. We've all been disappointed. We've all been hurt by family and friends, probably in people even in this church. And what do we do then? There's a famous quote. What do we do with our past? We can't alter our past, but we can take our past to the altar. Have you heard that before? We can't alter our past, but we take our past to the altar. We take everything of us to Jesus. And what we let Jesus do in our lives is that he fills us with gold. He fills us with something better. And we should never, ever hide our cracks. We should never hide what God has done into our lives. Because these things will help us say, I can. I can go for another job interview. I can love that person. I can uh, not live with a powerless and defeated spirit. I can get up in the morning and do everything God has called me to do. See, the thing God wants maybe to use you for could be the thing you're hiding away. The thing God wants to use you for could be the thing you're trying to disguise and hide away. See, when people look at the church, they aren't looking for a perfect church with perfect people. They're looking for a real church that everyone is accepted, no matter of their scars. A place where they find healing, a place they can call home. And us as the Vine Church, we should be like that. It should be a place where you yourself can be yourself. You come as you are, you be real, you see God work in your life. A place where all people are welcomed, no matter of their scars, no matter of what the past has done. We should be a church that doesn't say, I can't, or we can't. But we say, I can and we can. 
See, the thing is, you are more powerful than you imagine. You're more powerful than you think or imagine. But the thing that what stops you being powerful is often your past, your fears, the unknown, and the lack of motivation. Your past. You want to disguise your past. You want to hide it away. You want to take away those scars. Your fears. Satan coming in, the father of lies, saying, you can't do this, you can't do that. The unknown, I've never done this before, it's something new. Your lack of motivation, Satan will give you apathy. Satan will say, oh, just don't bother doing that today. The next day comes, oh, there's no point doing it today. And that is what says that we can't do stuff. But we can. I am more powerful than I know. Not because of me, not because of my credentials, not because of my, my past, but because God lives in me. Romans 8.11 says this, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave is living in me and you as believers of Jesus. So it's not about, I can do this because, you know, I'm having a good day. It's not about, I can get up, I can love that person because I'm feeling I can love that person. I can do this job interview, or I can raise my kids. It's because God lives in you. He is your empowerment. He is your strength. And he will be the one that will help you in all things that he's called you to do. Is this making sense? See, if you are a believer and follower of Jesus, you have the breath, you have the power, you have the presence, and you have the life of God dwelling in you. This is amazing. So when you wake up in the mornings and you feel you can't do today, remember, God dwells in you. The presence of God will help you to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, who has called you. I can Because God has called me and God lives in me. God has called me to this. He wants me to speak to this person. He wants me to raise my kids in this way. He wants me to be this type of grandparent. He he wants me to do this in church. I don't feel like I can do it today, God. No, you can. You can do it because God has called you and those he has called he has strengthened those he has called he has strengthened God is with you today he lives inside you his breath is in you his life is living in you if you believe and follow Jesus he's living in you and he will strengthen you I want to leave you with this encouragement And the encouragement is this. It's so easy to live with an I can't spirit. We might not verbalize it, but it's a defeated and a powerless spirit. It's so easy to get up tomorrow morning and feel like you cannot be bothered. That's an I can't spirit. But actually the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because he's called me. That's what it's about. And tomorrow, as you get up, 
You can have a joy in your spirit. You can have a spring in your step. You can have a life inside you. And sometimes, you know, let's be real. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of this. You have to. It doesn't just come automatically. You know, I think sometimes, you know, I'm quite a happy person overall. But, you know, it doesn't come automatically for us all. You know, and actually, you've got to remind you, I can do all things because God has called me. God is living in me. And actually, I'm going to love that person. I'm going to serve that person. I'm going to raise my kids this way. I'm going to be the best grandparent or the best brother because Christ has called me and I can do all things through Christ's strength. I'm going to love that person even if they don't love me back. I'm going to respond in that way. I'm going to do this, do that because Christ lives in me and he has called me. I want to go back to that question. What are you saying I can't? That God says, you can. Father God, I want to thank you that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For all the things you've called us to do. For the responsibilities, for the areas of life you've given us. Lord, help us to live with a I can spirit. Not a defeated spirit. Lord, I pray that you would fill each one of us with your presence and your power for all the things you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.